Asian cinema is on the rise. Have you guys seen the Netflix miniseries Beef? I saw it. I loved it. It's great. And let's talk about it. You're watching Brand Video Pro, and I'm your host, Ken Mo. And guys, before I get into this, I'm looking for 50 likes on this video. 50 likes. If I get 50 likes on this video, I'll make this documentary that I'm talking about on the business of entertainment. You guys can leave a comment down below. Let me know what subject matter you want me to cover. Do you want me to make a documentary about Afrobeats? I have a lot of stuff. Do you want me to make a documentary about Nollywood? I have a lot of interviews I've done with Nollywood actors about the business. Do you want me to make a documentary about that? Do you want me to make a documentary about a specific artist? I know you guys love my Beyonce content. You love my Kim Kardashian content. Rihanna content, leave a comment down below. Let me know what you want me to cover this documentary on. But before I can, before I can even make this documentary, this video needs to get 50 likes. I'm your host, Kenimo. You're watching Brand Video Pro. Let's get into the video. Beef. <laughs> this series is great. I'll just talk about all the stuff I loved about it, first of all. Just, I, I'm loving this Asian cinema wave that's going on in the West. Um, Korean dramas, K-dramas, I absolutely love K-dramas. I love how K-dramas have infiltrated uh, or gone global. I really enjoy them. And I love the perspective, how different the perspective is to Western dramas. Um, and then as far as like Korean or sorry, not even Korean, but Asian American cinema and the rise of it, we think about everything, everywhere, all at once. But guys... If you guys know this YouTube channel called Feng Hua, I've been watching them since like 2010 um, or maybe 2011, right? Feng Hua, and they've just kind of, I think if anything, they kind of, let me see, Feng Hua. Yeah, it's Feng Hua, right? Or Wu Feng? <laughs> Feng Wu. now I don't sound legit. Anyway, I'll put I'll put a picture up if I find it. But there's this YouTube channel that I've been watching since um since like 2010 and it was just Asian American only. And it kind of like if anything it served as proof of concept, proof of like of market value that the Asian community is is big and thriving in America and more so not just Asian community wants to watch their stuff, but people want to watch their stuff. So I've been watching that since 2010. I've been paying attention to it since 2010. So it's interesting to me how it took this long for like the mainstream media to catch on to the fact that Asian American cinema is incredible. So, um, but yeah, this, this series is, it, it has the influence of K-dramas and just like movies from the East, but it also has a very American vibe to it. And I love it. Just the essence of it, the flow of it, the editing, the acting, the humor, just a great show altogether. And what I really did enjoy about the show, the concept of the show is that it's really about learning to let things go. And, and it's so interesting because it has a very, in my view, a Buddhist or sort of East Asian Buddhist kind of like uh, way of telling a story in a sort of 
karmatic flow or karma flow um and it almost also reminiscent of woody allen and the way that he sort of like um showcases karma in his stories or showcases the flow of life or the realities of life this kind of did that also in a very interesting way um but i think for in with this you could tell that woody allen all these like american um filmmakers they have always been inspired by films from the east downright even copying <laughs> downright even copying screenshots from like anime literally like, scenes they caught co they've copied scenes from anime they don't even like innovate it's crazy <laughs> but you know but now we're getting the real authentic uh thing at, well with an american Delu um american filter in a way so yeah this buddhist sort of like um perspective or even a yin yang type of perspective of like you know everything sort of comes around so what is the story about it's about these two people that have this episode of road rage that could have just easily been, they could have just let it go but they don't let it go and they just they start acting a fool just trying to seek revenge and i you guys might be familiar with the saying if you're gonna seek revenge dig two graves one for you and one for the other person and that saying just kind of encompasses this whole story. You know, I, you know what? I'm sorry. From here on out, I'm going to give a little bit of a spoiler. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to give a spoiler at this point. So, how how so? I even think about the end of the, the movie where they... Um, and if I... Okay, you know what? I'm going to have a spoiler, but I'll try and stop. And I'll put a section for my spoiler. So you And I'll tell you guys where to continue watching just look at the chapters so here spoiler uh so at the end of the movie right um they they lie in the, in the hospital bed together and he's dying and she she can oh, so many so many layers so many layers he, he's dying and she lies on him and it's almost like they're being buried together even when it when they were in the woods or sorry in wherever in the what did you call it? Hiking places, the woods, let's call it the woods. Um, when they were in the woods, just like sitting, you know, sitting um, and dying, they thought they were dying. And they even at one point became each other. It was almost like they are soulmates, but they're, they're, they're different types of soulmates. Apparently they're also negative soulmates, negative soulmates that both of you are destructive together. And that's exactly what they were. And it was quite poetic and beautiful, but not necessarily about love. And we d they never like really explicitly made it seem as though the two of them would end up together, but they kind of danced around with that theme. And because of the character that we've, she's shown us to be, she's capable of sleeping with his brother and then still like being with him in the end. But they have this sort of, they're like almost like kindred spirits or twin flames. Maybe that's even the better term. Maybe it's a twin flame, but also a very toxic soulmate, which those exist too, that you should run as far as possible away from. But the whole story stemmed from these two individuals who have road rage and just can't let shit go. And they keep on, keep on seeking revenge. And every time they do this, matters get worse for them. It keeps getting worse, but the the story is so interesting because it doesn't get worse in pre predictable ways that you would expect it to get worse. Because actually, the predictable ways that you expect it to get wor worse actually come 
resolved in a peaceful way, but they do something else. Some other chain of events happens, which causes a bigger catastrophe and make put, keeps them in a continuous loop of seeking revenge against each other. And this, in this way, the story is told so well. It's so beautifully told. It's so interestingly, interestingly and intricately told. I loved the character development. I loved, um, I love the, the nuances of the character. And I love the idea that the two of them are actually not good people. Most Hollywood films that you watch or yeah, most Hollywood films that you watch, it's about good people. Even if a person is, is doing evil in the world, it's like you're rooting for them because you know, you know, like deep down they're doing this evil for a good reason. Somehow Hollywood gets us to sort of side with the protagonist and see the good in them. But in this story, yeah, sure, there were elements of good in them, but deep down it was like, I personally, I think by the last two episodes, I was fed up with them and I actually wanted them to die. So I was really happy when they were in the forest and they were about to die. I was like, finally, just kill them both and we can end it here because they ruin not only their lives, but everybody around them's lives. And it's so reckless the way that they behave, the what they're willing to give up just because of they have this episode of road rage. And for me, it's not relatable. I know some people have anger management issues and they can relate with this stuff. I can't relate with this. I'm the person that wants to see peace first. I'm the person that's going to let shit go. Even if it pisses me off, I'll go home and I'll vent, but I'm going to let it go. I'm not just going to go just uh, in a pursuit of revenge. When I have everything to lose, I'm not going to be reckless. And that was so ironic with the two of them. There were this yin and yang. She has accomplished a lot. She has a lot to lose. She has a husband, a daughter. She has a company that's being about to be sold for $10 million, but she's willing to risk that all just because of this episode of road rage. And then with him, he's a loser. He hasn't achieved his dreams. He hasn't accomplished what he wanted to accomplish in life. And you know, in a way, as much as the, they say that when you have nothing, you have nothing to lose. The irony is with him or the, the, the complexity of that is the fact that even when you have nothing, you also are in a, a state of despair also, or a state of hopelessness. Cause you don't have anywhere to go if you don't change your mindset. And with him, he was in this like tiredless, pursuit knowing that he's a loser he prevented his brother from going to college because he threw away his uh, college application because he in fact when he admitted that in the end and we knew that he's really a bad person because he was selfish and he kind of kept his brother down kept his brother a baby which he also used against his brother and insulted his brother but there were all these elements of him that even though we know like <sighs> there's a goodness in him he's a loser and he's a he's a piece of shit too and both of them are just sh pieces of shit with unresolved issues with him i don't quite know what his issue is we know that when he grew up he was bullied um we know that um he was a, he i guess he perceived himself as a loser but the only thing that he had was that was that he was his brother's role model and in a way it was as though he wanted to keep his brother down so that he could always still be his brother's role model. That was the only person that he could feel like he was above. And it was so powerful in that moment when his cousin slapped him. If you guys remember the scene <laughs> when his cousin slapped him after he caused his cousin to go back to, uh, to get under house arrest and he comes back and he blames, or it was after like the Vegas trip and then he blames the woman, um, 
what's her name amy for them going to getting in trouble and all the stuff that they stole being seized by the police and his cousin slapped him in front of those two guys i don't know because asians um especially like koreans and chinese they're very similar to nigerians right in terms of we don't <laughs> respect is so important and seniority is so important respect is so important as amongst our peers so the way that he looked at his cousin when his cousin slapped him in the face just you could see that the just like it's like it was just it was just an embodiment of his core wound and his core wound is the fact that nobody respects him nobody um even his brother, the only person that he kept down to ensure that his brother would respect him, he doesn't even respect him to the effect that his cousin slaps him in front of all these people. The disrespect. I felt that when he slapped him, oh, I actually paused. I had something to go and I, all I could think about was like, this motherfucker slap. He slapped him. <laughs> and not just a slap, just a bitch, a bitch slap opened his hands and it was hard in front of his boys put him in 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 his place that i didn't even see him in that place until then and the way he looked at his cousin you could tell that there was an element of resentment that built and that's probably why he ended up ratting his cousin out taking all his cousin's money which was rightfully his in the first place but he's the one that fucked it up because he couldn't let you go took all his cousin's money and used it and went, you know, went to, you know, build his parents' house and all that stuff. And it was so funny when, at the end of it all, he kind of just proved that he really is a loser because he, because of he wired his parents' home the wrong way, he caused that house to burn down. So it was almost like he got this opportunity. He keeps getting these opportunities. He keeps fucking them up. And that's why he sort of confirms to himself that he really is a loser. So that's his story. And it's so interesting because the way they show what a loser is in an unsuccessful setting or what we deem as unsuccessful in the world, but they also show what a loser is in a successful element, which what is what Amy was. Amy was in this, you know, she's like, she has this plant company. She's been hustling since she was a kid. I think she's been, she was like stealing stuff when she was a kid. She wasn't a good person as a kid. And you could tell that, you know, her parents neglected her as a child. Her parents just, they don't talk about stuff there. You know, those people that, I don't know, like a lot of Nigerians, um, they, they're, they're not truthful and they, 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 they fester in the bullshit and the lies. And I guess maybe, I don't know if that's, that's a similar thing in Asian society. Um, uh, but there's this, like this, like pressure to keep up with the Joneses or keep up with societal standards that people are willing to suppress and lie and ignore things, you know? And so like things fester in, you know, and that's kind of like the upbringing that she had in her household. She, she confronts her mom and says, why are you always lying? Why can't we be truthful? Why can't we have an honest conversation? And it's like this trajectory that she's had all her life, just suppressing her truth. She like, she's even when she's in, in therapy, she struggles to be truthful to her therapist, which is like, it was so crazy to me because I remember my first therapy session and my therapist told me that this session and i'm paying for this session is it's not cheap it's not cheap right my therapist tells me look this session is is, is going to be as good as you allow it to be as much as you're able to open up to me is how much i'll be able to help you 
And it's so crazy to me. So she's doing all these sessions with her, her husband, but they're not productive because she's there lying to her therapist. Even to the effect that when she's sitting one-on-one with her therapist, she still lies to her therapist. She still refuses to open up because she's been festering in this bullshit and this lie. And it stems from, I can't remember who told her this in the story. If you tell them the truth, they're not going to like you and they're not going to stay. Somebody told her that. Um, I, I don't know if it was her mom, but someone told her that. And it's so ironic because that came true in her life. When she told her husband who she was, he left her. And the funny thing about it is she, it's, it's everything in life is really about perspective. She saw that as, well, that was true. I am a loser. But if anything, I think she should see it as, I think my therapist, if I was in her shoes, my therapist would tell me that no, like your value does not stem from your husband. Your value stems for you. And it's okay to be truthful to yourself. It's okay to be honest with yourself. And, and that you losing your husband was a good thing because it allowed you to shed the bullshit. He's part of the bullshit. You even said that you only married him because you felt, you felt like he's such a great guy and you're not a great person. She knows she has a self-awareness. So there is a layer of truth to her. She knows her truth, but she's suppressing it. Even she told her husband, I married you because you're a good person. And it made her feel like she had proximity to goodness because deep down she feels like she's a bad person. Now here's where the story gets interesting. When it comes to her and this guy, I can't remember what his name is, the main guy, they were able to disclose each other's truths to each other. And they were able to feel seen and, and understood and not judged. It was almost like the first time she ever got like a refuge in another person or felt seen in another person who could accept that we're both shitty per- people. First of all, how we met each other is by this like ridiculous out, out, you know, road rage. So we both know that we're shitty people, but we're going to accept each other's truth. And it was like, she found home, her home in him. And it was like, so when they were you know, in the end, when she cuddles up with, okay, even before that, so when both of them are telling each other's uh, stories, and all of a sudden, they become the same person, and they're both talking, then all of a sudden, they separate, and he becomes her, and she becomes him, (laughs) when two become one, these people are soulmates, and I, I wouldn't even go as far to say it's a romantic soulmate, I know a lot of people will think about it like like that but I didn't even I I just they never showed us that they were romantically together so I don't see it as romantic I think it was a platonic thing and it was the first time she really found her true match she really found a home in somebody else something that she could never achieve from her husband because she was always lying to herself because she was always suppressing it in herself but finally the two of them found each other connected um by trying to kill each other both of them ruined each other's lives and in the end they come together in this magical way and find refuge and solidarity and comfort and peace so it was interesting in the end when he's in the hospital bed and he's dying and she goes in there and sleeps on top of him in the bed it's like take me with you we're in this together 
and it will be interesting to see. I, I know the story ended there, but it would be interesting to see like what is next. Um, what is next? Um, are they going to come together in love? Um, are they going to come together in friendship? And it, so another element that was interesting is how both of them got along with each other's families superficially. And that's also this like foreshadowing, but also not just foreshadowing, but also this um, showcasing that there was a level of home in each other and familiarity in each other. The way that she got on with his brother just very peacefully because, you know, and, and he got on with her husband as friends very peacefully. Um, it just kind of, is, it showed how much the two of them, like, it's almost like, you know, when there's a marriage, you don't just marry your husband, but you marry his family. And in a way, it's like the two of them, they're these soulmates. And so everybody that's connected to them has a connection with them in a way, in that same way. So that was also very magical too. Um, those are the main things I would say about the story. Very interesting story. Yin Yang presence, these soulmates that hate each other, the negative type of soulmate. Um, who knows if they, it means that the story continues with him dying or maybe the, he wakes up and they both like live together. Um, but it's so crazy. I think the main takeaway for me, I guess, let, let me just conclude with like lessons from the story is learn to let you go. It's just not worth it. <laughs> it's not worth it. Like I just, to me, I just got so irritated with them because they clearly have this anger management issue that both of them need serious therapy. They just can't let shit go. Even if when they try to let shit go, they end up fucking it up by talking like he, he he found out you know he found out that like he's the he's the problem for the house he's the one that burnt the house down and then he instigates his brother he, he gossips and then his brother goes and outs her and says i i slept with your wife you know so it's almost like just let shit go let it go it's not worth it um, that's the biggest takeaway for me. And the other big takeaway is don't gossip, <laughs> stop gossiping. You know, imagine if like people just shut their mouths, so much destruction that happened for me, that's the part that really upset me. I think what I was really upset when, um, I, I predicted it. I said, if they keep doing this, somebody's going to die. And then the white woman died. I was so pissed the way the white woman died. Cause it was so unnecessary. Um, like that was the first person that died. And I was like, what the hell? Like that's so, I was so pissed. And then his brother, well, his brother didn't die. I thought his brother died. I guess the white woman was the only one that died, but she also lost her daughter and she lost her husband. Let's talk about that for a second. Like that's the part of, to me, that was so annoying. You were really willing to do all this crazy stuff when you know that you have a husband and a daughter, you have a child in this world. Um, wouldn't you want to protect your child? Wouldn't you want to not put your child's life at risk? Remember when he was about to burn her car? These people are not good people, for sure. <laughs> when people tell you who they are, believe them. They're not good people. But he was about to burn her car with her child in the car. And then he saw the child. He was like, oh, no, whoops. Right? I just, it was reckless. You know you have a child in this world. Why would you behave like a reckless person? Because you're living in a lie. 
and it's just like it's so it's the story is so realistic it's so truthful because so many people are walking around and they're lying to themselves and they're living a lie and this is how it affects them they overreact based on something that you could just let go so anyone that's watching this i would just advise if this rang true to you if you see yourself in in amy and uh i can't remember the other guy's name the protagonist male's name if you see yourself in them i would say you know learn to let things go if you have issues letting letting things go go to therapy go to psychotherapy um and just learn to, you know, sub subconsciously, I think in psychotherapy, they go through this process of like unlocking your subconscious and, and pulling out some of your childhood wounds to heal it. Um, both of them had, were bleeding out, like stories are always about characters bleeding out their childhood, their, sorry, their core wounds bleeding out and core wounds are typically things that people have from childhood with him. I, like I said, it was feeling like a failure and a loser um all his life and just like he made that a reality by by way of self-sabotage and so it was almost like the ego wants to prove it to you all the time that you're a loser um by self-sabotage and with her it was like she was lying to herself and suppressing her truth all her life um convincing herself that she's a terrible and bad person all her life faking it by aligning herself with someone that she felt was good so she could have some proximity to goodness when in reality all she had to do was just be truthful and live in her truth and not like live this lie this fake facade of success it was so funny to me when the first signs of that to me that she was like kind of a shitty person is like the way that she got really cozy with the white lady just to sort of and then all of a sudden she has a blonde wig all of a sudden she's going on stage and lying and saying yes you can have it all and but she knows that's bullshit she knows that she has depression she knows that she's she's like messed up so why are you presenting this lie to people it's really like to me, it's like a symbolism of what social media is. A lot of people on social media, they're lying, but they're saying stuff that is just not true. So back to if you're going to go through therapy, I just say go through therapy and go to work through your issues. Don't lie to yourself. That's the most important thing in life. Don't lie to yourself because what's the point of lying to yourself in this life? What's the point of living in a lie? You only get one life. Some people believe you get multiple lives, but whatever the case is you're here right now you don't know if you're gonna come back as a, a bug or an ant or a rat you know <laughs> or you know so you're here right now take make the most of this opportunity that you have on this planet of the consciousness that you have and don't lie to yourself because what is the point you know <sighs> anyway those are my thoughts you know let me know your thoughts do you agree with my breakdown do you disagree let me know your thoughts break it down for me leave a comment down below I really love making these uh, movie reviews. I want to make more of them. I just feel as though I don't really have the time all the time. And also, they're not always great. Um, they're not really always shows that you can really dissect in this way. Some shows are very simple and basic. And so it's like, what am I really saying? But I found, I found this one very powerful because there are so many layers to it. Um, Netflix did a great... <laughs> Let me not even get into that, into that, but there are so many layers to it to dissect. And I love to see more stuff like that in, um, cinema. Anyway, 50 likes guys, let this video get 50 likes. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, all the above. And I'll see you in the next one. You're watching brand video pro. I'm your host, Kenamo. a peace.